Today on the Dream Young Effect podcast, we'd like to welcome Karen Gruber. Karen is a ventriloquist. She's also an author of several children's books. Dream Young Media Live. Like, comment, subscribe. Dream Media Live. Like, comment, subscribe. Hey, hey, good afternoon, Karen. Hey, what's going on? Uh oh, I see you got a buddy with you today. Oh, I do. Beautiful. I do. Her name is Maria. Hey. Hi, Hi, Maria. Maria. How you doing? <laughs> so, Maria, that's Nikki and that's Otis. Hello, Otis and Nikki. Hello. Hi. Hello, Maria and Karen. <laughs> it's great to meet you guys today. Well, yeah, I didn't realize how big Maria's head is. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, they say that about me, too. <laughs> you know, it, it's just it's just a pleasure to have both of you on today. Um, you know, I, I know it was a little set up to get everything kind of in motion, but I'm totally excited about this um this interview and Nikki's excited as well. Yes, yes. And so yeah. and so let's kind of get started, Karen. Um we right. read a lot about you. Um we know that you're an author of several children's books. Um and you're also obviously a ventriloquist. <laughs> so so tell us a little bit about why you got into um the children's books and what are some of the books about. So I started writing when I was eight years old. And um, because we used to live in Brooklyn, we lived on, um, we lived in an apartment. And when you're in Brooklyn and when you live in Brooklyn, you don't have to find people to play with because every time you come downstairs, there's like 50 people in the street. Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn. I was uh-huh. born in Brooklyn, raised in Miami. So I really? know. Yeah. And uh-huh. Brookdale Hospital. So wait, so wait, did you guys have the street festivals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had the street festivals on Eastern Parkway. We had the carnivals on Eastern yes. Parkway. We had the with block parties. Weird- yeah, yep, with those yep. weird like penny quarter rides. Yep, yep. And we had all that. We had the block parties. We had the fire hydrants yeah. open with all the kids playing during the summertime. The block so parties. Fun. I'm yeah. from Manhattan. Yeah, but, she's from. Yeah. So you you get it. You get it. Yeah. Yeah, she's from Manhattan. It's a different world, Manhattan and Brooklyn, though. Still, Even though yeah. Manhattan well, is where we went, you know, to, to kind of see how the rich people live. <laughs> with the part of Brooklyn well, I'm yeah. from. <laughs> well, but then then we moved. I went to PS206. Okay. I used to walk to school every day. I'm not even sure if we had lunch there. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't know why I'm looking at her. <laughs> but then when we came home, we used to walk to school and walk home every day. And right away, we would just come home and play stoop ball and, and jacks. And I don't even remember what we used to play. But we would never go in until it was dark. Yep. Right. And, and even then, Jersey, your, your parents then, would have to... Force you to come inside and, and threaten right. you. Did, did you guys have the good humor man come down your street? Of course, yes. of course, of course. Yes, and the Italian icy. Uh, that was yeah. Yeah, but the good humor guy in our neighborhood he used to do tricks with his thumb and make his thumb disappear, like magic tricks, and the kids loved that. I remember that? Yeah. That's, well, that that's a little scary now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we used to get rides, and we used to be able to ring the bell in the good humor man's truck. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be allowed to do that now. No. no. Oh, Maria. What, Maria? I can't do that now. I won't let the <laughs> No. <laughs> See, now it's now it's considered a little creepy, right, Maria? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we used to just go in. We used to go into the good humor truck, ring the bell, and he would take us around the corner. I mean. Wow. I, I know things are different now. Yeah. yeah, those were the good old days. But you know, yeah. the, the thing about or the thing about New York is like everybody knew each other because people lived in those houses forever, those yeah, apartments forever. It's and true. so like literally grandma was on a block, auntie lived on the same block. You know, yeah. that's kind of like how we grew up. And so that's a whole different culture back then. So yeah. 
it well, was definitely allowed. Have, it was so great. Our grandma, well, grandma and grandpa used to live on the middle floor. We were in the top floor of the apartment. Mm-hmm. My best friend was on the basement floor, uh-huh. which in New Jersey, the basement. But actually, it was an actual apartment in, you know, and we had this little tiny, you know, back inch, I called it. So when we went from, so we moved from Brooklyn, which I totally love, to New Jersey. And my mother didn't know how to drive because, you know, moms didn't know how to drive when you lived in Brooklyn. Right. What was the point? Mm-hmm. You walked everywhere. Mm-hmm. So in order to be um, in New Jersey and play with actual people, <laughs> we had to drive places. And my mom didn't know how to drive. So I actually went upstairs and I started writing books and I started playing with dolls and making everything in my house talk. For my sister, who was five years younger than me, and that's why I became a ventriloquist. A lot wow. of ventriloquists. Wow. <laughs> Maria doesn't really understand that. <laughs> I'm five. Yeah. She's five. <laughs> so she doesn't. And I'm adopted. <laughs> so, so I started writing when I was eight. And I actually oh. thought I was going to be the next Peepy Longstocking sequel writer until I found out that job was already taken. Okay. So then I just started writing books when I was eight. And the only difference between now and then was because I actually started sending them out. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's yeah, great. Getting rejected. But but with the ventriloquist stuff, I'm also a self-taught ventriloquist. And because my sister was five years younger than me, like I said, I had everything in the house talking to her, her pillows, her blankets, her food, her dolls. <laughs> so that's where that came in is also because I didn't have anybody to play with. Right. So. That's awesome. That that I think is awesome. That's great. And so and so, I mean, I went on the website. I see that you have like looks like ten books. How, how many books have you written so far? Children's well, books. Well, uh, so there's um, eleven children's books and four adult humor books. That's awesome. That's oh. awesome. I don't I don't write adult humor anymore. Um, now I just write children's books. It was just easier to break into that field, the adult humor field, than it was to break into the children's book field, and that's why I went that way. Wow. So how long have you actually been doing it as a profession as far as the so writing of the books? Let's see. <laughs> so I was on the Ricky Lake show in 1993. So it was before then. So adult, my adult humor books, the first one, um, you really know you're in college when came out in, I think, 1991. Then remote controls are better than women because came out in 1993. Telephones are better than men because came out in 1996. And then I started, and then If Men Had Babies, I think, came out in 2000. And then I started writing children's books and getting them, well, I mean, then I started submitting children's books and getting actual contracts. I I had always been sending them out. So I think the first contract I got, um, and it came out in 2003. I'm going to have to finish it. (laughs) Okay. I see that there. So here's Rooster Can't Cock-A-Doodle-Doo. Whoops. Nice. And that sold 250,000 copies. Congratulations Ooh. on that. I know, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Then came Bandit. Okay, mm-hmm. I see that too. Yeah, that's about a cat moving to a new house. Then we um, did Ferret Fun in the Sun, which is about bullying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's the one I was looking at, actually. There's Ferret Fun in the Sun, which is a sequel. Mm. Farmer Kobe's Hanukkah Match. Okay. Happy birthday trees, which is really just, it's actually about like a Jewish earth day. Okay. And this one, which I totally love, this one just came out. It's called a crowded farmhouse folktale. And it's based on, it's perfect for COVID times because it's based on a a folktale where um, 
A farmer feels his area or his house is too crowded. So he goes to the wise woman in town and she tells him, bring in your ducks. Then she tells him to bring in his goats. And then she tells him to bring in his horses. It's so crowded in his house that he's just so angry. And he goes back to the wise woman and she says, well, put all your ducks back in the pond, put all your horses back in the pasture and all your goats back in the barn. And then all of a sudden he feels like his house is fine and there's so much room. So um, that's actually, that one just came out in October. That's great. So how has the whole COVID-19 has been affecting you on your end in your city well, and with what you, you know, do Marie as a and I, Well, yeah, Marie and I used to go to school visits together live, right, Maria? Oh, yeah. And we, we used to tell people how to write books from sticky notes at three o'clock in the morning all the way to the finished piece. And now we just do it virtually, which is actually a lot more cost efficient. So the question that I had, so what are the challenges? Um, I guess you you kind of expressed that when you said like no one, uh, no one bit when you first submitted your work. So mm -hmm. what are the areas that you see with like, I guess was the hardest to break through for mm -hmm. your messages? Because I see each one of these books, basically they have deep messages. Yep. They do. I don't, I don't, outwardly tell you what the message is yeah what i do is i sort of infer like the reader has to infer what the message is um Smart. but they all sort of have moralistic views but i never say it okay like the, when i write on bandit um because it's a bandit moving to a new house um my little signature says uh remember home is where the people are which is actually the crux of the whole book but i don't say it in there it's just at the end he realizing he realizes that his stuff is back where you know back where it was in the new house and that it really doesn't really matter anymore because home is where the people are not where his stuff is sure um yeah I don't ever say it because i don't want to be teachy preachy to children yeah and um what i do also is i try to write in three levels i try to write for the adults there's a lot of puns there's a lot of humor in my work um because it has to be fun for the adults too, or they're not going to want to read it again. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes there's twists at the end. Sometimes there's very adult humor, like in former Kobe's Hanukkah match. Um, the farmer is trying to find his perfect match. So he invites this woman, Polly, and her last name is Esther, over for a <laughs> date. <clears throat> and at the end, she doesn't want to be with animals because there's always animals in my, in my work. And um, the animals in the book are, you know, they're playing host. So they're pouring her limonana, they're feeding her falafel, they're giving her napkins and dreidels and guilt. And she doesn't want to be with animals. She thinks animals would be better off if they were outside. Right. So she goes off in a huff. And then I have the sheep say, well, her name is polyester. She was a fake, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like adult humor. I, I put my yeah. adult humor in everything that I write. I try or there's little bits of rhythm and rhyme, um, or I come full circle, like in my bandit book where he moves and then he comes back to a new house. There's like cumulative things going on. So they go to the hen house first, they go to the, you know, it's cumulative writing. Yes. There's always something in there. But I, I think the hardest part is writing the book and actually finding a publisher to pay you to publish the book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's actually the hardest part. I, I've written, I can't even tell you how many books are in my filing cabinet right now. There's over a hundred. Um, just waiting any day for a publisher to call me and tell me that they want to pay me money to make my manuscript into a book. 
Yeah. And so and, and so and so who does your illustrations in your book? Are you are you kind of like directly tied in with that as well throughout the whole process? No, so the yeah, so the actually the um you can tell how does that work, Maria? But you didn't listen to the <laughs> I forgot. She forgot. Maria, you want me to repeat it, Maria? <laughs> what, happens like, yeah, is the, <laughs> what happens is the art director at the publishing house picks the illustrator for you. Sometimes I have say, and sometimes they say to me, Who would you like? Or who do you envision to, you know, illustrate your book? So sometimes I get a chance to actually say something, but sometimes they pick people that are wonderful and I would have never picked them myself, like, cause I didn't know about them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I've never been disappointed. Let's okay. just say that. That's great. And they do look good. You know, so well, I, you know, what? The, you know, the weird thing is, is that you're sending off your manuscript, which is my baby. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous yeah. until it's back. Yes. I've actually experienced that. I've, I've been trying to write a children's book since 2016. I've also written another book um, and it, you know, it hasn't been put well, it hasn't been picked up. Uh, and so I experienced that where this is your baby, yeah. you know, you worked really hard and then now you're having to trust someone. You release that creative control. Yeah. So it makes you just not even, it sits there now, like you said, in a file because right. it's so, you know, it's so important to you. This is like your, you know, your inside, um, I had dreams. I don't know how you want to even call it, but it means yeah. a lot. It yeah. does. Yeah. The man. And, and you know, when you're writing, you, um, you sort of feel not naked, but when you send off your writing, there's a lot of personal experiences behind all that writing. It's vulnerability to me. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, so when people reject you, mm. um, I, I try not to take it personally, but it is very personal, but they're not looking at it like that. So you right. have to just sort of, Put your own feelings aside. And my sister, who's a social worker, she always says, well, I know why you wrote that book because of that <laughs> situation when you were little. Oh. And I know why you wrote that book because of what happened to you when <laughs> okay. you were little. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, they always say, write what you know. That's right. That's right. I totally agree with that. You know, creativity is just something, Um, you know, creative people are just some of the most sensitive people on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you say I don't agree. take it personal. I happen, to, I happen to be a very creative person, uh, yeah. I, in my opinion. And um, and yeah, it's kind of yeah. hard hearing somebody say, I don't like that. I don't like yeah. that song or I don't like that creation. And, you know, you right. also have to step aside because just because an editor wants to pay you to, you know, finish your book, they're going to make a lot of changes. And some of those changes I had to fight for. Mm. Even one word. Um, I remember in one of my books, Rooster Can Cock a Doodle Doo, which is actually my most famous one. Um, the word uh, it's because Rooster has a sore throat, so he can't wake up the farmer. So nobody is getting milked. The cows aren't getting milked. The sheep aren't getting sheared. The pigs aren't getting their slop. Like the hens aren't getting their eggs collected. No one's doing anything because everyone's asleep. So. Um, what happens is the animals rooster sort of goes to the cows first. No one's milking them, so they follow them to the sheep, you know, to the to the hen house. No one's collecting the eggs, and they they all get to the pig's house, and no one's doing the slop. So they they go to Farmer Ted's house, but the house is locked, and the editor wanted to say the windows and doors were locked, and I said you can't. It has to be the house was locked so that no child can say to me, well, they could have went in through the windows and the doors, or they could have went in through the cellar door. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so say the windows and doors were locked. There's still the cellar. There's still the chimney. There's all these other places that the animals could have gotten into. It had to be. The house was locked. There's no other way. But to make an animal pyramid, 
and makes so much noise that farmer Ted at the time has to open his window to find out what is going on. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I had to fight for that one line. Um, you know, so sometimes you have to go for to bat for your for your words. And other times editors will say, um, with the bandit book, um, I had sent it in. She said she loved it, but she said to take out some words. And I said, okay, she wanted it shorter. And how many words did I have to take out, Maria? Um, I forget. <laughs> so I said 100 words, and what'd she say? No. I said 200 words, and what'd she say, Maria? No. Ooh. And I said 300 words? No. And mm. I said 400 words? And she said, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> wow. Well, well, so she wanted that's to scrap a whole lot. bunch of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of content. That's a lot of words. So I took out 400 words, but then, like you know, Nikki, you you feel bad for the words that sure. you make. Yeah, yep. So I put them all on a list and I separated them, you know, and then I didn't feel so bad. <laughs> okay. And then you can also work it into your next book, you know, if you just keep yeah. track of that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. <laughs> and so, Karen, and so Karen, as you know, um, we, uh, our whole thing at Dream Young Arts and Media is to raise awareness for people with special needs. Yes. That's of all ages, from kids to adults. Yep. You know, we've been in the industry now since like 2007 on the front lines oh, wow. doing it. And okay. um and that's us um actually providing direct services for people with special needs, and so you know we started the the nonprofit, and now we're on the page of raising awareness through you know online you know through our social media platforms and our website and doing podcasts and stuff like that. Do yeah, you have I any? See that. Yeah, and do you have any experience? Because obviously, if you're doing children's books and you're dealing with a lot of kids and and you're writing for that demographic, um, do you have any experience working with kids with special needs? I actually do. I used to um, work at a puppet troupe called Kids on the Block Puppets. I don't know if they're even in existence anymore. And what we were doing was um, making other, we would go to schools and make children aware of the um, people with um, disabilities. Um, well, there was a smoking puppet. There was a puppet in the wheelchair. Um, there was a puppet who had cerebral palsy. I can't remember how many puppets there were, but they all were differently abled. Yeah. And we were to go to the schools. I had, I think at the time I had the smoking puppet. Um, and somebody else had the um, puppet in the wheelchair who had cerebral palsy. So my puppet was talking to the cerebral palsy puppet. Nice. And we just wanted to make other children aware at schools of, you know, what it felt like to be, um, the puppet with cerebral palsy, what it felt like to be the puppet who um, who had other, I can't remember what the other issues were. It was a long time ago, but I did, I was on a puppet troupe that did deal with that. And also when Maria and I go to schools, right? What happens sometimes, Maria? We have to wear um, ear things. Ear things? Yeah. We have, we have to wear microphones because there are some people who were hard of hearing. Mm. Um, We've been to schools where actually children were afraid of puppets. So what did you have to do, Maria? What's a puppet? <laughs> <laughs> who did you have to talk to? Remember that one girl who was afraid of you? Yeah. So we had Maria afraid of be of humans. So we okay. turned it around so that the little girl was able to actually come to our show, um, helping, thinking that she was helping Maria. Oh, that's great. That's, that's good. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And then um, there's just a lot of you know. Um, there was a, we actually, Rooster Can Cockadoodle Doo was a book. Um, I know somebody who works with the blind, um, children that are blind, and she made my rooster book into uh, Braille. Nice. Oh. 
which was really interesting. And then online, actually, I could send it to you. There's a person signing. She calls it um, book, uh, story signing, I think. She was story signing my book, Rooster Can't Cockadoodle Do. I have it on video. I could send it to you. That is that good. Lovely. Yeah, yes. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, Maybe. so I mean, I, I, I've been doing little bits and things. And then right now I'm working with somebody, um, Teresa Rodriguez of Puzzling Stories. And my book, Rooster Can't Cockadoodle Do, is going out to a lot of kids who have autism right now because Rooster Can't Cockadoodle Do is a cumulative tale where they can learn what a cow does what a sheep does, what a pig does, and what what hens do, and okay. chickens. And they're, they, um, she has them making, I can send it to you, all these different kits that go with my book, Rooster Can't Cock-A-Doodle-Doo, um, you know, that ha- the because the, there's a lot of animal sounds. So it has the animals, it has the animal sounds, it has what the animals do. Okay. And she actually made kits. The woman is incredible. She made kits where... Um, the kids can learn how to, it's like a, it's like a card where you sew and then you can shear the sheep. Does that make mm. sense? Mm. Something with a balloon kit where you can milk the cows. And then there's, she has all of these things that go with, um, you know, that can help autistic children touch and feel the sheep yeah, yeah. and touch and feel the udder. It's, it's amazing. Uh, puzzling stories. I, Teresa Rodriguez. That's all I, you know. Okay. I can give you her information. Yeah, I would love. I would love to see that. That, that that's great, Karen. That's great. And so and so, Maria. You know. So how long? How old is Maria? <laughs> five. You're five years old. Yeah, she's been five for a pretty long time though. <laughs> <laughs> I like. How long? You've been five since two thousand, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I like your hairstyle, Maria. <laughs> Thank you. She has ponytails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, great. But That's she, great. Maria, she, you want to show them your sneakers? Yeah. Oh. Uh, what are those she Converse? Has, <laughs> she has Converse high tops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite color too. By the way, yeah, I love red. That's red. my favorite color. Yeah. yeah. So she, she's cool. She's the cool puppet. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's and, and so Karen, and so Karen, tell our viewers how they can get in contact with you, how they can, you know, read your books and purchase your, you know, books and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, actually, conveniently, <laughs> all my books, you can get them off of Amazon. Um, but also you can go to my website at www.karen, K-A-R-E-N, Ross Stoker, it's really long. R O S T O K E R dash G R U B E R dot com. And all of actually all of my books are listed with links, um, with buy links. And also um, there's downloadable free activities to go with each one of my books. There's readers theater scripts. There's, there's just tons of stuff. There's coloring pages and activity sheets for That's almost great. one of my books. Okay. And I'll definitely put your link of your website in the description box below for all of the viewers. Yeah, because who that's a really long one to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just put that link down there. I just wanted you to actually share that with, you know, with the viewers, but I'll I'll make sure it's accessible for everybody. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and actually, um, teach up. Teresa has on Teachers Pay Teachers. I'm going to send you that link as well okay. because that link has all of the things that... Um, she has done and developed with Rooster Can Cockadoodle Do. All of those, there's activity sheets and and downloadable free guides. And 
there's just amazing amounts of wheels, like um, letter wheels and word wheels and all of this educational resource guide stuff that can go with Rooster Can Cockadoodle Do that she's using right now. That it's is great. As well. That is all great. Right. All right. All right. So, um, I mean, Karen, just thank you once again for coming on the Dream Young Effect podcast. We truly appreciate your time. And Maria, it was great meeting you. You know, yeah. just take care. You guys take care of yourself. It's a lot going on in the world. So just stay safe out there. Okay. You too. You guys it was so nice too. to meet you. And thanks for contacting me. This is great. Yeah. Hopefully we can we can do this again. Of course, so oh, yeah. you are now included in our circle of supports. I say this all the time. So, you know, oh, just feel free. You know, yep. to, to reach out to us mm-hmm. and we're going to do the same. Yep. Okay, great. Thank you all so right, Karen. much. Thank right, have you, a good Karen. one, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I just want to thank everybody for watching. Please take the time to subscribe. It's free. Like the video. Share the video. This content is, is, is pretty impactful, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. And don't forget to visit our website, dreamyoung.org, where you can purchase T-shirts, you can donate, and just support the whole movement of Dream Young Arts and Media. Thank and, you. And don't forget to leave us a comment. Tell us how we're doing. You have a question, ask us. We'll be happy to answer it for you. Thank you, guys. Peace.